You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 99 of the Comic Book Informer podcast. We are coming to you on Wednesday, November 7th. As always, I'm your host, Vince, along with Roger. What's up today, man? Not a whole lot, except for that image that I sent you that just made me <laughs> laugh and laugh and laugh. For people who aren't on the mailing list, there's a, there was a, an email that came out from Marvel, and they've got a deluxe limited edition hardcover of AVX, and I just laughed. I know there's a lot of people that will look at that and say, how awesome is that? But for me, it was just hysterical. It made my day. I'm curious as to what makes it limited edition. Does it mean, does it go <laughs> with character development or... <laughs> We, we're not quite certain how many will sell. We'll print five and hope for the best. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, getting away from bad comics, we're talking about some excellent comics today. And uh, the first thing we're covering is the finale of Hickman's Fantastic Four opus that he's been writing for three years now over the course of two different titles. I couldn't tell you how many issues. Let's just go with a lot. And the first of which is Fantastic Four, number 611, written, of course, by Hickman, with art by Ryan Stegman. And, oh, my goodness, I loved this issue. With, oh, oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> I, I have made, you know, no secret that Doctor Doom is quite possibly my favorite supervillain of all time. And this was an entire issue of Doctor Doom just being awesome. <laughs> Be not! <laughs> <laughs> so, basically... Uh, the whole point of this issue was Val, older Val, uh, Reed and Nathaniel go back to the, the Nexus or what I forget what it was called. But the place where all the, you know, the other Reeds were hanging out and, you know, the Nexus of Dimensions or what you would call it, basically where they thought Doom had died. Well, of course, Valeria knew better. You know, she's been whispering in his ear the whole time, telling him that there is something he really, really wanted if he stayed there. And of course, it's a friggin' Infinity Gauntlet. So. It's two. Yeah, he had two of them. <laughs> so, if you're Doctor Doom with an Infinity Gauntlet, what do you do? You get another one. <laughs> that way, you have a matching set. In addition to that, you build your own universe. And this was just fantastic because it's this is doomed to a T. He builds his own universe. You know, his perfect melding of science and magic and i love the line that he made the universe in his own image which was a mistake because now the entire universe was just as awful and megalomaniacal as he is so the, they all rose up to conquer their own god i mean that was so great but then even you know once he gets rescued <laughs> doom being doom he says i was a god and i found it beneath me <laughs> that was such a great line that was especially the panel that follows that too. the expressions on everybody's face because i love the the relationship between him and valeria oh that's so and, great and older valeria is just an, an awesome character she's just fantastic character so I, I like what we've been seeing with her but the relationship between her and doom even though she's an adult for all intents and purposes it's still uncle doom you know mm -hmm. like who would Uncle Doom for crying out loud? You can see it from the young Valeria, but to see it in the the adult woman, it's kind of jarring. And when he delivers that line and she gives him 
uh, uh, the kiss on the cheek and says, say thank you. <laughs> that was just priceless. <laughs> this issue epitomizes why I just, I, I just keep coming back. There's so much great stuff in here aside from it, you know, Val and Nathan and, and Reed. But this entire issue for me just comes back to Doom is awesome. I love Doom. Why can't we have more Doom? I want more Doom. <laughs> I love that – I'm thinking that there's some like heavy-duty religious people that might be offended by the on day one he did this and on day two and that he did it faster. <laughs> <laughs> they might not like that, but I thought it was hysterical. I, I loved it. Well, you know, he might have done it faster, but it didn't turn out so well. Yeah, well, there the is, yeah, well some people might <laughs> you cut argue a, that you neither did some, ours. When you cut some corners, <laughs> your universe rises up to strike you down. I love that all the the lobotomized dooms as well that he's got there all run on the tongue, shouting doom, doom, doom as they cross the portal to save him. I want to know what goes on in Hickman's head. Like, because, you know, he had this figured out years ago. And he's like, how do you hold on to this for so long that you're like, you know what? We're going to write this issue where Dr. Doom has an infinity gauntlet and gets chased by a dragon through the portal, saved by an army of lobotomized. Like, who comes up with this stuff and has it work? I don't get it. Well, see, what I love about it is that the um, not only does he make it work, but like we've said before, too, he takes these these insane plot twists that a lot of other writers would would fail at let's be quite honest here but then he throws in the what's important to fans of fantastic four which is what we were talking about not that long ago wherein they're going to be trying to put in a lot more of family in the fantastic Mm -hmm. four and he manages to do that so bloody well so you've got this this amazing story that's going to hold you beginning to end and if it doesn't i honestly i don't know what you want from a comic at that point then but but not just that but you get these these fantastic touching moments between all of the characters it's not just val and doom it's val and her father it's 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 reed and his own father and things like that the hug with the arms wrapping around like 57 times around (laughs) him kind of thing um so there's all of these really powerful moments throughout these family moments. And I'm hoping because they've said that's something that they're going to be trying for later on. I'm hoping that that's going to continue with the new the new writing. Mm-hmm. Well, ca- carrying on with that theme, uh, let's jump over to FF number 23, again by Hickman, uh, art by Nick Dragata. And this, again, was just this amazing character work uh, of these characters who you know are a family and I, i'm gonna jump ahead but the, the bit at the end when old franklin finally leaves and like with him and sue and reed i mean that was just yeah. phenomenal stuff heart-wrenching at times even yeah like i i don't have kids myself but you know the scenes when you know they want to know how, if they were good parents and all that like it was it was man well it is something that i and i am a parent i'm on my fourth raising and you know as as good a job as you do um you know you're screwing up along the way and it's funny because it's not until you actually have your own kids and you screw up that you really start to forgive your parents for a lot of things that you may have held against them for so long and realize my god they were in the same boat as me so when you're (laughs) it's a miracle i came out as good as i did (laughs) really trust me um so when you're looking at this kind of thing where it's that kind of thing like would you ask them like did did we do all right kind of thing yes i can see that happening Mm -hmm. with with this one too i like what again what he did here where in the um he didn't try to cram in 
both Val and Franklin in both issues mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like the Fantastic Four one is devoted more to Val, whereas this one is more Franklin. And the stuff between older Franklin and younger Franklin, which is so important because you, you get this sense of like he knows how powerful he is. Like, and so he, he understands a lot of the things that have to happen and how he has to, to grow up and whatnot for, for certain things to happen. So I really, really loved not just the relationship that older Franklin has with his folks and whatnot, but the relationship he has with his younger self, which like when he goes through into the, the closet and they're doing all their stuff in there and doing everything, it was fantastic. It was just so much fun. I mean, come on, the, the dinosaurs and the jello knights and the vampire awesome. school teachers riding motorcycles. <laughs> I mean, Beginning to end awesome. Yeah, it was so fantastic. But you know, looking at these two issues... You know, Hickman wrapped up everything he wanted to wrap up, but he also left so many cards on yeah. the table for other people to pick up. Uh, you have Nathaniel, who's now hopping through dimensions, visiting all the other reeds that, you know, he kind of owes now because they're still his son. You have Valeria hanging out at the Nexus now just because she wants to do stuff with it. I, I've... I, on one hand, I can't wait to see, you know, what somebody's going to do with that. But on the other hand, I don't want anybody other than Hickman to do it. Well, you know what? It, it is nice because it, he left it at a point where, um, just like you were saying, like, I mean, who's taken over? I can't remember who uh, Matt was. Matt Fraction. Right, right. That's what I thought. Um, so he left it at a point where Matt can start fresh with whatever mm. he wants, which I mean, looking at some of the other endings that we've seen, they're not quite this you know, well done. Um, but then well, they also like was planning for it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but here he left so many things that, you know what, here's a few toys. If you want to play with them, great. If not, then no worries. But there, there are so many options. If, if Matt is at a loss for ideas one month, he can, he's got a all goodie bag that he can go to. Literally all he has to do is open the closet. <laughs> yeah, really, really. Yeah. And then beyond that, we have so much to look forward to with Franklin growing up, how, you know, older Franklin says, you know, he's really going to manifest, you know, the full ability of his power soon. That's obviously something to look forward to. And it was just out of all this, though, what's grating at me was that little conversation older Franklin had with Leech. <laughs> like, we both know you're not scared of anything. Like, what's what's up with Leech? You know, he he knows something we do. Yeah, really. And then when they, later on, when he was in the bar with Johnny and Ben about how they yeah, were the st- <laughs> first of all, that was hilarious. Yes, it was. <laughs> but second of all, Leech was one of the last heroes standing on Earth. So I, the, oh God, Hickman, I hate you. <laughs> it, is one more year too much to ask for? Apparently, <sighs> one more issue. <laughs> I, you know what? It's funny because I, I'm maybe it's because of just how well he wrapped it up. I'm all right with him leaving and yeah, starting fresh and following him on something new. Just because, like, had it been something where there were too many ends dangling that we were wondering what was going on, and it, it, you know, so many things that could have gone wrong and whatnot. And it's, it's not exactly a fairy tale ending kind of thing, but it's close because it's a happy ending more or less across the board kind of thing, but still leaves it open wide open for whatever Matt wants to do. But because of that, because of how well it ended, it's like, okay, I'm good. It feels like the end of an arc and I'm perfectly all right with starting fresh with somebody else now and looking forward to what Fraction's going to be doing. Cause he's doing the, uh, avenging 
X-Men, isn't he? Or what is he working on now? Who, Fraction or Hickman? No, uh, Hickman. Hickman's taken over He's, Avengers. Avengers. I knew it was Avenging something. I thought it was Avenging X-Men, no. Avenging I, X-Men. No, they haven't, they haven't done that one yet. And that one, that was coming. You know it's coming. <laughs> I knew it was something along those lines. There's my new moment for the episode. Yeah, but I love the the little essay that Hickman wrote at the end too, how he's talking about when he came on to Fantastic Four. Now he wanted it to say at the top of the issues, "The world's greatest comic magazine," which is what Fantastic Four said for decades. You know, it was the world's greatest comic magazine, Fantastic Four, because for a number of years it was, until it wasn't. <laughs> but the when Hickman came on board and did what he did, it came at least darn close to earning that title back. I mean, yeah, there's 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 some contenders, but let's put it in the top five, let's say. So, oh, And it, it was all about bringing the Fantastic Four back to its core basics, as we said, of that family. Anybody can do a superhero team book. I don't think there's any other comic out there that can be the Fantastic Four because of that family relationship. I think that if you look at um, the body of work that he created with this, like all of it, then it's it's I, I put it in the top three even just in terms of the body of work. It's it's an insanely powerful amount of, of work that he's done there over all of those issues. Mm hmm. And I just blanked again. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Uncanny Avengers. It came to me as you were talking. I wasn't paying attention. I didn't have to. But again, oh, there it is. <laughs> but I, it, it says a lot that, you know, I've always appreciated Fantastic Four. I've never, prior to reading, you know, Hickman's issues, I've never say, go into Guns and say I've liked Fantastic Four. Yeah, there's been some cool stories. There's been some fun stuff here and there. But never in my entire lifetime reading comics have I gone, ooh, Fantastic Four. I want to read that. And over the course of the last couple of years, that actually has been oh, yeah. something I've said. And it, yeah. to take to it's so weird because Fantastic Four is one of the most iconic comics in history. I mean, it was really the comic that started Marvel down the superhero, you know, their 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 path of superhero comics. I mean, they had stuff before, but Fantastic Four was really their launching point. And it's something so historic and iconic that I never really cared for until issue, what was it, like 580 that I really started getting into it. I, I agree. Because I, I used to read them periodically before. And it's funny because way back in the day, just for a brief little glimpse here again, I've talked about my buddy and I that used to collect way back in the day. And Fantastic Four was always one of his favorites. And it was one of those where I, could, I just couldn't get behind it. And, and, and he absolutely adored it. And I simply could not. But, uh, but then again, you look at the new stuff. And if you have not enjoyed the the run that Hickman has done. Honestly, I, I don't know what you're expecting from a comic book. <laughs> and that's, I mean, consider the source here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving on to our other topic for today and another comic that I'm assuming you are loving as much as I am. Oh, and that is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Let, let that sink in for a minute. One of my favorite comics coming out regularly is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the year 2012. Yeah, but there's there's a nostalgia from having read it way back yes, in the day and enjoying it. But nostalgia of. only gets you so far. So far, oh, for sure. <laughs> but then what has happened here is that the writing for this, they took it on a whole new spin kind of thing while still 
maintaining the roots of what the series was before. And so I'm, I'm, I've been enjoying all of the new stuff so much because of what he's doing with the past lives and with everything going on with the new people. Um, and these here that we're going to be talking about, we've got that, the new villain that's appearing to <laughs> kind of thing, which is, is fantastic and it's fun. So he's, they're managing to keep um, not just that, that the roots to the old stuff, but again, tossing some, just some fun, crazy stuff for for what's going on now yeah most of the first year of the comic was built around you know the turtles coming together and you know learning their their true past and you know encountering shredder and the foot clan and just really building up that incredibly strong backstory of the legacy they're working on here so i mean, we're specifically looking at issues 13 through 15 and that's you know the start of the second year of the comic where now they're taking all of that foundation they built and just going into new and different places with it. And it's cool because they're taking inspiration from different aspects of the franchise over the years. Uh, you know, I'm seeing stuff here from you know the original comics. I'm seeing stuff here that was only in the animated series. I'm seeing stuff here you know, that, that was in you know later incarnations. So it's really cool to see them bringing all these different aspects of the entire legacy of the Ninja Turtles franchise and cherry-picking the bits they want to work with and putting it together into what's so far been crazy good. See, what's funny here, too, is that... and. And I don't want to give you the benefit of the doubt that you actually planned this. <laughs> and if you say you did, you I won't believe totally you. Totally did. It's just, <laughs> but they're doing exactly with this what we just talked about with Fantastic Four, where what's important, family. So especially through these issues, you're seeing just how important family is to these guys, and then incorporating the new family members with Casey, and while keeping this fantastically powerful pace going with the stories with what's going on with shredder as well as with the tortoise the killer tortoise which i absolutely love um so you the 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 again the important underlying tone there is just how important family is which is exactly what we were just talking about with fantastic four and if you say you plan that i am not gonna believe you <laughs> i would say i'd send you a screen cap of my show notes but you're not gonna believe that either i wouldn't i don't i you're, you're typing it right now i can hear you typing <laughs> Hands off keyboard. Swear. <laughs> no way. All right. Well, looking at some of the new plot developments, uh, we, we have what's going on with the Foot Clan, how, you know, Karai is really trying to prove herself to her grandfather, the Shredder. How is he her grandfather? Uh, he's the reincarnation. And, reincarnation. And then, grand got it. I, I, okay. <laughs> but, you know, how she's really trying to prove herself that, you know, she's worthy of leading the Foot Clan with him gone because, you know, she she led it without him. And, you know, he reminds her, you didn't lead anything. You just kind of kept it around. You know, you kept my seat warm, more or less. But now how he really has chosen his successor, and that is Leonardo. So that's that's some really great stuff to look forward to coming up there. Yeah, that was awesome. And how he even tied it in to, you know, back in the feudal era, how, you know, he saw when when Leonardo was a child training, he saw that that instinct and that leadership way back then. Uh, beyond that, we we finally, you know, I, I knew it was coming. I, I assume you knew it was coming. But the, quote, big reveal of Krang being the brain and the robot. Uh, but, you know, the brain and Krang, the, the Utroms, uh, Dimension X, the Technodrome, that right there is 
several different continuities of Ninja Turtles all crammed together into one storyline. <laughs> and, and again, as a fan of the franchise since I was a kid, I, I can really respect that. Like, OK, they took like the best bits of all the storylines and said and just put it together into one big storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And then, as you were saying, uh, in the latest issue, 15, we had the introduction of Slash, the evil Ninja Turtle. And again, he's he's always been malformed and, you know, weird. But this is the coolest incarnation of Slash I have seen to this point. You just jumped over the the whole thing, though, with the the almost killing. No, I haven't. All right. Coming back to that. You kind of jumped ahead there. You're bouncing all over the place. I'm not bouncing all over the place. You were. Uh, there, there was I a like train the... of thought. Oh, fine. All right, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm continue. Oh, I can't even remember what I was going to say anymore. <laughs> Slash. Slash. Slash was awesome. I like the one where he's eating the rat. The, 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 <laughs> the picture. <laughs> but again, I like what this is doing with it. It's putting more heat on them for the, the actual turtles kind of thing. So they have to be careful what they're doing. I love the looking for the new place to, mm-hmm. to hang out kind of thing. There's, there's, and we've said this with other comic books too, like some of them can handle it well, whereas some of them don't. There's a lot in the air here. There's a lot of balls in the air and you don't really get the impression that any of them are being dropped. And he manages to do such a good job with, um, with moments that are really, um, really stressful really intense like the almost killing casey's dad who is abusing casey kind of thing and splinter in that entire moment was like absolutely insane the shot of him with the side oh is neck. oh my god I, I i i i was so angry when that was the last page of that issue i was like no you can't <laughs> Awesome. Unbelievable. But then a few issues later, you get Splinter doing the the vegetable walk and he has the apron. I walk, therefore I am. And he's watching soap operas and it works. You're like, it's cute. It makes you laugh. It doesn't come off as cheesy. And it's it's fantastic. And meanwhile, you've got all of the other stuff going on. Um, the the heart wrenching moments when they're bringing Casey into their house, the the chasing after this giant tortoise kind of thing so again tons of stuff up in the air but handled so well see that's why i wanted to talk about these three issues together because each of the issues you know had the the one overall like you know big plot line was following i said the first issue was the foot clan then krang and then slash but underneath all that there was that one plot thread running throughout them and that was what was started with you know casey getting the crap beat out of him by his father yet again and Raphael just snapping and running off and you know like that's it you know he's his, you can't do that to my friend and you know busts into the house and, and is ready to do horrible things to casey's dad when splinter comes in to stop him like no 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 let me show you how to yeah. do it. Like, what? <laughs> that was crazy. But then it gets into, you know, the, the big uh, spiritual discussion of, you know, what it means to be a ninja and how, you know, how it's common for, you know, young warriors, including Splinter himself when he was younger, to have that overwhelming emotion and that anger that, you know, you have the ability to do all these things. Why shouldn't you? And the, the moral discussions that come into it and, and, you know, how Splinter talks him down is like, yeah, this is the right way. But then, like, later on in that same issue going, yeah, we have to kill the Shredder. <laughs> Yeah, really. But again, see, that's one of the things that as I'm reading that, you see it coming. Mm -hmm. You're reading it and you're going like, 
okay, is he going to take the high road or is he going to be practical and, and realistic? And I love that it is practical and realistic and that it is there. There is a time when you have to. And I love the reactions we're getting from the turtles. Like this is actually it's really not something I was expecting. Mm-hmm. It's I don't want to say that it's a little bit more mature of a tone, although it kind of is for you to properly appreciate all of it. But I mean, the original turtles wasn't meant to be meant for kids kind of thing. So. I like that it's it's a realistic listen. If we don't kill him, he's going to come after us and kill us. We got to go out and take him down. I kind of like that. And this is the thing I know you and I have discussed many times over the last few years. I mean, should Batman kill the Joker? You know, should Spider-Man kill the Green Goblin? You know, all these things where I mean, honestly, yeah, of course, the right answer is yes. But, you know, those characters, for whatever reasons, you know, don't follow through with it. And here we have again, Splinter is committed to, you know, doing what has to be done to take down the Shredder. But we still have the Turtles who I admittedly are still teenagers, you know, what have you and they are having trouble with wrapping their heads around you know actually having to kill a person yes they're trained for battle you know they 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 can defend themselves but none of them has ever you know reached the point where they've had to kill somebody before and i think it's a really interesting way to explore you know that hero villain dynamic by having the mentor being the one who's you know we have to you know achieve a final solution and you know all the all the weird (laughs) the words he was using but then the actual you know main characters don't want to go along with it that's a pretty interesting way to approach it. Well, not all of them. Just well, some uh, of Raphael's them. Raphael. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that they have a, a Destroy Shredder manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's true. And and I really hope that they do take him out. I, I really hope so. I'd say it sounds odd to say, but I really do. Because I, I I've said it before. Like, I mean, yes, we we have the Joker and we have had him forever and, and, and green goblins and other ones too, and things like that. But I firmly believe some of them should be killed off and it's, it would be harsh because you're losing a character that you maybe really like. However, it'd be far more realistic. And I think that the age old excuse that a writer used in the voice of their superhero that, well, that would cross a line that they shouldn't. And we're different than them and all that. I, it's an excuse that a writer uses so that they don't have to kill off a character that people like and then have to come up with something original to take his or her place kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping here that they will act on this and that this character will get killed in this iteration, in this volume of the what's going on, and then come up with somebody else that's equally powerful, dangerous, scary, whatever you want to say. Just not anytime soon because there's still good stories to tell with Shredder before you kill him. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. we, they they can go on for quite a while still. Yeah, if he's still kicking around by issue fifty, we may have we may have an issue. Yeah, I think that's going a little too far. <laughs> All right, but yeah, absolutely great stuff here from Ninja Turtles. Loving it. Moving on to what we're reading, um, I actually want to talk a little bit about the Ultimate line of comics. Uh, all of them all together. I, Ultimate Spider Man continues to be fantastic. Uh, I God, the, did you read the the point one issue? Yes, I did. I I can't help but be happy that you know Venom is back. <laughs> like they, they they've done a, a, a an amazingly great job of keeping Ultimate Venom off the board. Like you know they bring him back every once in a while, but I think over the course of what has it been like 140 issues now, he's only really had two storylines if I'm remembering correctly. So yeah, they're picking a good time to bring him back in because now we have the whole Miles thing to deal with. Uh, but beyond that, you know his interactions with Captain America. 
absolutely loved all that stuff. Although I think Cap was a little too quick to, you know, kind of give him the thumbs up about joining the Ultimates. But that's that's a small issue uh, amongst a, a whole sea of great stuff. Uh, the Ultimates, <laughs> that's just been fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to kind of, yeah, it's, it's a spoiler from three issues ago, so get over it. They elected Captain America president of the United States. <laughs> Yeah. So here's Captain America, but you know he's still being Captain America. They're like, no, you got to come back to Washington. He's like, yeah, I'll get right on that as he's parachuting out of an F-16 into a war zone. So that's been fun. I, it, it's not, it hasn't been like this great character development bits, but there's been a, a lot of good fun there. I liked him actually more in the uh, Ultimate X-Men. Yes, issue, yes. That's where what... he's having to interact with Kitty, even though it was brief. I really like that because yeah, that's what I was moving into is that the ultimate X-Men has seriously leveled up over the course of this latest storyline. They've taken control. I'm sorry, buddy. They are by far the best right now. Yeah, they with Kitty having to lead, you know, the mutant militia army down in the southwest fighting back against the Nimrods. I mean, it's bringing it. uh, I loved it when uh, ultimate armor showed up. Because, you know, she's been such a great character in the regular comic books with, you know, her relationship with Wolverine and all this and her time in the Astonishing X-Men. And then seeing her just come out in this comic and just being a complete freaking awesome character, you know, giant, huge bits of armor. Absolutely loving that. But just everything they've been doing in Ultimate X-Men over the past eight, maybe ten issues has all been building up and building up. And it has reached a point where... It's seriously like a almost a must read comic again for the first time in quite a while. And that makes me happy. Yeah, definitely. No, it is by far the best. I even read the ultimate um, Iron Man and it was like, man, I, I didn't even read it. I kind of looked at it and went not digging it. I just yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's cool, but I, I like that they are keeping the ultimate universe line of comics relatively small. Yeah, I, I I like the scope of what is going on right now with the X-Men. We haven't had something of that scope and importance because we have had scope that they tried to do with AVX and things like that. But I don't know, I, I, the, the importance of what is going on here, which is grounded in prejudice and bigotry that we can relate to and understand, um, is has been really much more relatable so it's it's been a lot more fun to read it and you can really get into it when when a character dies you really feel it a lot more Mm -hmm. so definitely if you're like just about anybody else i know who gave up on ultimate x-men god years ago and i can't blame you for it it, it's something to take a look at again finally and then a brief discussion of the walking dead tv show without spoilers because roger gave me a, I'm a, a stern talking up. to about this <laughs> for the last three days now i've been hearing people go on and on about how absolutely amazing the latest episode was Ish, uh, episode four i think for season three i think so and i firmly agree that any number of scenes in that episode taken completely out of context were awesome there were so many great things happening in that episode in a vacuum but the way that a number of these scenes fit together into the larger storyline it's it's kind of like avx how a lot of stuff they did in avx on its own was some really cool stuff but in the larger scheme of things with how the characters are being portrayed and how the the awesome scenes relate to each other it doesn't make sense the the when a character 
is reacting <laughs> to one of these the, these amazing events and like on its own like man that's that's great that's a human reaction to this situation but why would that character be having that reaction based upon how they've been established up to that point. And that's been my major issue with this season specifically of Walking Dead. I mean, overall, it's far better than season two because how can it not be? The action has been great. Uh, a lot of the stuff, I, I absolutely love the governor. He's been, that that actor is just playing him as creepily as he should be. But the overall continuity of the character development has been so uneven with the major characters. Like it, it's kind of like uh, the best way I can come up with this. It's a lot like uncharted where when naughty dog has said they develop uncharted by thinking of their big set pieces first, you know, the train dangling off the mountain, you know, the, the boat getting flooded with water, you know, all they, they think of all that crazy stuff first and then come up with a story to join it all together. But Uncharted works because they spend the time on the character development to bridge that together and make it, you know, a continuous piece that people want to continue with. Walking Dead, in my opinion, is not doing that. It's coming up with these fantastic set pieces, these tent poles to each episode that, man, that's great, man, that's great. But the stuff connecting it together just doesn't make sense. And like, I'm getting physically angry when I see people that are like, this is the greatest show on TV. And I just want to like shake my laptop and yell at it. Like, no, it's not. Go watch Breaking Bad. <laughs> but I just had to get that off my chest. You feel better? A little. Mildly? Okay. So, uh, we, I, I, I will know what you're talking about very soon. <laughs> <laughs> I had pretty much written it off um, with the exception of the game <laughs> I've damn near written off the IP. <laughs> I got to tell you, honestly, it's and I know a lot of people have been still enjoying the comic book, but I've been seeing it as insanely weak and I haven't been enjoying it. The the, the game is the, the the bright light in this IP as far as I'm concerned. And they, did you see what they Twittered today? They Twittered a picture of Clementine's hat on the ground with a whole bunch of blood on it. They're, I was like, you no. Bastards, don't you They've been sending that hat out in press kits. Oh, really? Ben Kuchera <laughs> from the Penny Arcade Report, who has uh, written any number of great articles about the Walking Dead games, he said he opened up a box from Telltale Games, and it was Clementine's bloody hat oh, inside the box. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's like, I have so many feelings right now. <laughs> I would pay a lot of money for one of those. That is awesome. But, uh, but yeah, so... but. My it's especially my son. He's been hearing a lot of good things about the new season. So I went, okay, well, well, he wanted to get caught up on two because we gave up on it. So we got caught up on two, and now we're going to start watching three. So, so we'll see when I get That'll there. That'll be interesting. All right, anything yeah. you got for us this week? Okay, well, going back to what you were talking about with the Ultimate um, Spider-Man sixteen point one, because you didn't give me a chance to give my thoughts on it. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying it's supposed <laughs> to be a conversations here. Um, I, you know what, it, it, the writing was good and all that, but the character of the reporter wasn't strong enough, in my opinion, to carry an entire issue. I'll agree with that. We can't care about her. She's a pain in the ass, and I'm happy to get see her get speared by Venom at the end. So <laughs> that, that last like, page made the entire issue worth it. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> see, this is where we've talked about this with other issues, other or other series where in like you don't even see like two we talked about. You don't even see the main actor throughout the or I shouldn't say actor, the main character throughout it. But the supporting characters are so strong that you loved it regardless. Not this. She is nowhere near strong enough to carry something like this. The writing was good. It was very good, but no, the character wasn't strong enough, so mm-hmm. I really didn't dig it. Um, likewise, not digging it, Avenging Spider-Man Annual Number 1 with uh, The Thing. Did you read it? I didn't read, read all it? of it. <laughs> it. It's gotten to the point now where apparently Zeb Wells is no longer the regular writer, so I don't think I will be a regular reader. <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't good. It, it, it really wasn't good. I, I didn't enjoy it. No, sorry. Um, and uh, lastly, the um, oh no, not lastly. I got two. Uh, Wolverine and his peeps, number nineteen. Did you read that one? <laughs> yes, I did. I uh, see. I I'm willing to put up with a lot of kookiness. That's just plain <laughs> fun. And I know you probably love this. I know you. But it's like the whole thing with looking for the teacher, and you've got like freaking Blade coming in, and and Longshot, and yeah, it's a nice little homage to people that some you know some readers won't have a clue who it is, and it's kind of cutesy. But it was like it went a little too far, and it was like uh, no, this was you're trying a little too hard to be cute here. I, I will say that that, that kind of overstated its welcome. Yeah. It, it was a lot and better that, when they were doing uh, in New Avengers to search for the babysitter where, yeah, they had all the cameos, but it was all one page and they gave each character one line and like a, just a little box. And that was more effective. Yeah. OK. Um, did you read Consequences number four? With uh, Stark, the sign means you have or you haven't? I have. OK, now this is what kills me. <laughs> Tell me if you agree with me. <laughs> then going back to our freaking can't they get the continuity right here. Issues one to three, Wolverine wants to make shish kebabs out of freaking Scott and barbecue them with his claws. Issue he goes four, back fourth. <laughs> not really. No, no. Well, Go back and read I think them. after that talk they had in issue two, he decided that no, he 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 still wanted to kill him, but he wasn't going to. That's not being. You're my hero. I thought he was going to break out in a Bette Midler yeah. song. There. Did you ever know you're my hero? It was ridiculous. It's like he's he's bringing him so, a beer, tell him well, like whenever I'm going through a whole range of emotions right now. You know he. he yeah. <laughs> bad, stupid, stupid, bad. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. And once again, they're they're working way too fast to bring this homicidal killer into everybody's opinions. Oh, he's actually misunderstood. He's actually a good guy. And uh, and I know what you think of that. Don't even say it. But it's like the I really, really did not like this at all. And the, again, Wolverine, like whenever I want to do good in the school, I think of you. Shut up. Shut up. That is just stupid. I liked Magneto. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the only <laughs> silver lining on this. And the, the, the stuff Namor wasn't bad either. Uh. I, I I had again very little I mean, use for keep, keeping in mind it's still Namor. It's Namor. It, in, my point in exactly. comparison to the rest of the issue, it wasn't bad. But the only thing that I I liked was the stuff between Aurora and Colossus. Yes, that stuff was cool. I I enjoyed that. But the rest of it, eh, crap on a cracker. Yeah, I I can't argue too much there. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So, on to today's new releases. We have a huge week from Marvel this week. We have Age of Apocalypse number 9, Avengers number 33, the final issue of Avengers Academy with number 39, 
yet another issue of Avenging Spider-Man <laughs> with 14 and AVX Consequences number 5. We have Daredevil End of Days number 2, the first issue of the new Deadpool number 1. Guess what we're talking about in a couple of weeks? <laughs> oh, no way. No, 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 no. Hey, no. we talked about all the DC number 1s. Got to talk about the Marvel number 1s. Not Deadpool. <laughs> We draw the line. All right, I'm giving you a choice. We can talk about Deadpool or we can talk about Thor. Shut up. You don't get I, to make up. I, I will give you one of them off. <laughs> I hate you. We have the final issue of Defenders, number 12. I'm sad that that one's going away. But we have the new Iron Man, number one. What? Nothing. Nothing. I just... Okay. I'm allowed to... Whenever I want to... Iron Man, number one. In space... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> New Avengers number 32, Scarlet Spider number 11, continuing its crossover with Venom, Uncanny X-Force number 33, the final chapter in the uh, current storyline they're running there, but not the final issue just yet. We have X-Factor number 246 and X-Men number 38. I th- actually think they're carrying X-Men, un- adjectiveless X-Men, through the uh, Marvel Now without a renumbering or anything. From, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. From DC, we have issue 14 for Animal Man, Detective Comics, and Swamp Thing, as well as issue 6 for Earth 2, which I'm really surprised how much I'm still enjoying that. Yeah. <laughs> and rounding out the list, we have from Boom Studios, Hypernaturals number 5, from Dark Horse, 47 Ronin number 1. If you know us, you know how much we're going to <laughs> We're going to talk this. about that. Yes, <laughs> it's a samurai story that is actually drawn by, I mean comics icon Stan Sakai so definitely definitely having our eyes on that one and then from image we have guarding the globe number three and Manhattan projects number seven. Oh, dude that's it just has not dropped in quality either no it's just been so good yeah. consistently so that is it here for issue 99 guess what next week is yes so Roger how many variant editions are we going to have for issue 100 you know what's funny is that Initially, because the, we talked about this, because the, the 100 would have fallen on mine. Um, but I had been thinking we should do two. That <laughs> one for me and one for you hosting. And then we'd have it would be variants. Of course, yours would be the variant. Mine would be the original. And, okay, uh, but then I thought valuable and sought after. Yeah, not always. Uh, but then I thought, I don't feel like editing. <laughs> we'll just do one. That's Probably enough work. Separate podcast. Yeah. It would mean a lot of reading. <laughs> But be sure to check us out uh, for issue 100. We would appreciate anybody spreading the word about this uh, fantastic milestone because uh, I got to say it's this hundred episodes has been I don't I can't I got it's gone by a lot quicker than our other hundred episodes that we've done on other shows and that's not saying that other show was you know bad by any stretch of the imagination but this has just been so much more fun and so much more fresh and so much more enjoyable on a week-to-week basis because it hasn't felt like work at any point yeah no I agree and it's been fun and and the thing too is that um, it's it's a it's a passion that is so easy to talk about I mean you're talking about um, and, and that's why I like it too. It's, it's literature, which means a lot to me. And some people may argue it's comics, but no, you're, you're reading it, but it's just, you're so invested in these characters a lot more than you are in a lot of the games that we've played and talked about. So it's, it's fun to really get angsty about it and have fun and talk about it. Mm-hmm. So by this point, you know where to find us online and thank you for listening, but please be sure to check us out next week for the big 100th episode that we are very happy to have. Make sure it's done by next week, because no lie, I had a nightmare the other night. 
that I forgot to record the audio for CBI 100. Oh, jeez. But I didn't want to tell you. <laughs> so I tried to put the episode together by recording my own audio and then splicing your audio together from bits of the previous 99 episodes. Oh, that's hysterical. That's absolutely hysterical. <laughs> I oh I woke up after I sent the the file off to you, but I don't know. <laughs> don't know if I caught on. Yeah, this, this sounds a little off. I don't remember talking like that. <laughs> Can't make that stuff up, man. 